0: The game is brought to you by Pacers Running Stores. Pacers has five stores in Northern Virginia and DC. For the best running footwear, apparel, and gear, just stop by or schedule a virtual fitting with the best running experts in the business. Pacers Running exists to help as many people as possible through running. For every run, it's Pacers Running.
1: Pacers running for all your feet needs head of out there get that taken care of. Our uh, our guest here from the Draft Network, give him a big round of applause. Joining us here on Ref the District for the first time, it is Ryan. Fowler. Oh, <laughs> wrong one. <laughs> I'm giving applause. <laughs> I oh, didn't know we
2: well. had a live audience in the
1: studio. Yeah, dude. we got a whole, whole thing here. Ryan, thanks for, for joining us here on uh, Ref the District. How are you tonight? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm doing well. So the uh, draft is one week away. You've been busy. Uh, why oh, yeah. don't you tell us like your experience and our viewers here, your experience as far as like with the draft network and, uh, and how you go about your business preparing for the draft?
0: Yeah. So first things first, it's we're finally on the home stretch, guys. It's yeah. uh, been a long, strenuous process from film, not just with these guys this year, but even last year, and then pro days and the combine. But yeah, it's a very strenuous process. Um, we're kind of finalizing fi- finalizing these play reports, evaluations, cross checks, um, and really fin- get our team meetings together. And heading into Kansas City next week, we'll be in KC on site of the draft. And it's really, it's just such an enjoyable process, just because not just learning about these guys as football players, but having the unique opportunity to learn about these young men as who they are behind the face mask and who they are potentially for Washington, the burgundy and gold. We know that it matters for Ron Rivera guys that come in the building, not just that can lead with their play, but can lead as guys in the locker room as well. So it really is a rewarding process. It's long, it's lengthy, it's strenuous, but uh, it is rewarding once these guys really, because bottom line is they're, they're realizing a childhood dream, which is always cool to see.
3: Ryan, how long you've been doing this? Uh, and and kind of how did you get into being a, a draft guy?
0: Yeah, so I started out with Washington. Uh, I was in PR, and then I did some writing with them as well, a little bit of hybrid role, and I got opportunity with TDN back at the later portions of COVID, so late 2020, um, and then joined on there. My first draft was in 2021. Always been a sports guy. Uh, played Division One baseball in college. Always been a basketball guy as well. Had the privilege of covering the Tokyo Olympics or the men's and women's basketball tournaments for NBC nice. as well. So just been around sports really my entire life. I'm a sports junkie and then former athlete as myself. Didn't make it to Major League Baseball. That was the goal. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But I always wanted to stay in sports. And football's always been a passion of mine. And growing up in the D.C. area, went to Mount Vernon and went to George Mason. Um, so it's always been a passion of mine. But scouting is just – it's really enjoyable. Just diving from, obviously, your Power 5 guys all the way down to your Lowell D- D2 and D3 guys. You can play. You can play. And that's just what I love mm-hmm. about scouting so much
2: was going to say so within your position at the D- at the draft network and your role. What's the most strenuous part of the draft season? Is it film? Is it combine pro days? Is it the D two guys, Power Five? Like, what's your most strenuous, most focused
0: hard aspect of
2: the, of your role?
0: Yeah, I know for me, and you can ask anybody else at TDN. I tried to find if you could play ball and you're anywhere, I try to find you. I really try to pride myself on finding every single guy at every nook and cranny in this country. You know, I wasn't a, I didn't play at some big time power five baseball school. I played at Coppin State and in, in HBCU in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I always kind of had that background as far as moving into scouting. If you can play for me, I want to be able to find you. And with the draft network, we pride ourselves on being able to not just cover the guys who are going to be top 100 picks. But we're able to talk about the 262nd pick and all the way down to the UDFAs as well. And that's what we prioritize ourselves on. And for me, I pride myself on as well.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the HBCU because I'm going to have a a follow-up to that later, I'm sure. Uh, But let's get into the draft specifics for commanders. Uh, What do you see as their needs coming into this draft?
0: Yeah, for me right now, it's corner. Um, I want to get a guy, a CB one in this defense to be able to shut down potentially a third of the field. Haven't had that in a long, long time. I think you even look back the days of Sean Springs and and Carlos Rogers really on the outside, those types of ball players. Um, So corner tight end, you know, Eric Bianami coming in the building. It's really throwing a wrench in this process for me, as far as where Washington is going to evaluate these offensive guys. And I just don't see Logan Thomas, Cole Bates, John, uh, excuse me, John Bates and Cole Turner really moving the needle right now for him. And Armani Rogers is their best athlete in the room right now. And he's still unrefined former quarterback convert from Ohio had some nice flashes last year, but corner tight end, got to get some more bodies at linebacker where they want to have another hybrid guy, some edge guys, chase young Montez sweat. They have to be pushed. And I'm not seeing that from guys like James Smith Williams and William Bradley King and, and Shaka Tony. So those yeah. are really the guys I'm focused on. And then you could talk about running back. If you want to get a guy late on day three, I know that there's been talk as far as Hendon Hooker is probably a guy that maybe want to come in and compete for snaps, but mainly guys, it's corner, it's linebacker. It is offensive line for me, both inside and out.
3: All right. So let me ask you this then we, we debate this quite a bit on this show who, what do you do when it comes time to draft? Are you a best player available or are you drafting for the need of a position, the best player at that position?
0: Yeah, for Washington's perspective, I don't think we're in the position to have a Philadelphia or Kansas City approach to where you can be luxury, where if you're a Philly and you're at 10 and you can pick a B. John Robinson. I don't think Washington has that luxury right now mm-hmm. to be that. So you got to look at value. You got to look at tackles and you look at the corner specifically. And for me, you know, you're sitting at 16 and the tackles that may be there, whether it's a Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones, a DeWan Jones, a Darnell Wright type. I'm now Dewan Jones, I really don't think will be in Washington from everything I've heard outside of the building. I just don't see him. Fitting in the Burgundy and goal just because he's right tackle only. Um, but then you look at corner and how deep the class is. So trying to manage where you want to go. Is there value later? And when not just into day two, but into day three as well, because Washington doesn't have a ton of picks. They don't have 10, 11 picks mm-hmm. to pick out of their back pocket, maybe move up for guys, maybe, maybe move back. We did last year and grabbed a guy like Jahan and grabbed some extra guys on day two. But this year we will see. It's just, it's going to be difficult to see where Washington ultimately goes on day one. And valuing corner and tackle because I really feel like that's where their their main holes are right now.
1: We have a question here from one of our our listeners here. Gus Bus asks which top cornerback prospects would not work in our system. Kind of bringing up uh, you know the William Jackson the third not fitting in, and this is one of those things we've been kind of hearing around Joey Porter Jr. But I kind of I want your opinion, Ryan. Is there any one of the top? Uh, CBs that don't fit that maybe Washington should be looking at maybe a guy in the second round that they can fill in.
0: Yeah. For me, there's one guy that I just, I don't see fitting at all. And that's Keely Ringo from Georgia. Um, he lives on a linear plane in North South and he gets stiff at times in his lower half. And really every, from everything I've heard out of the league is that they don't know if they're going to find his niche at corner at safety because the guy's over 215 pounds. Now I would like to see him lose five, 10 pounds and get some more flexibility in that lower half. Um, he's an extremely powerful guy. So in man, press man at the line of scrimmage, we just have not seen a ton of that in Jack Del Rio system. It's a lot of five to seven yards off longer guys, 33 inch arms. Look at Benjamin St. Just and seven yards off working downhill through the catch point, things like that. I don't see Keely Ringo exactly fitting inside of this defense. And even a guy more so that may go top 10 is Devin Weatherspoon. I don't think he'd fit exactly what Washington wants to do specifically because in man, he doesn't have the long speed to make up. That's a concern of teams. And then just flat out as a pure man corner and dominant on the outside, he doesn't have those traits. He's better in zone and working specifically seven and nine yards off. So Jack Doria's talked a bunch as far as playing man, playing some zone. We haven't had the athletes to play man. They're a little bit hybrid on the outside, but I want those guys that are like Christian Gonzalez. I do like Joey Porter in this defense. Emmanuel Forbes, guys that can play seven yards off, long arms, make plays in the football, and get the ball back to the offense.
2: Ryan, we've heard a lot of cornerback names dropped and a lot of uh, offensive line names dropped too, but you said linebacker is a need, but there's not outside of Will Anderson kind of an edge linebacker role. There's not too many uh, popular names out there. Any linebackers that you could see that could come and contribute right away from maybe a day two or second round draft pick or something like that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think even more so working into day three, as far as guys that can offer you some coverage ability. Um, I think of a guy, if they want to go on day two at 47, maybe Dayon Henley from Washington state, I think he has some of the best range in the class. sideline to sideline former wide receiver. So he understands what he's looking at, finding those landmarks and coverage. Um, they're working to day three, Dorian Williams from Tulane guy. We saw down at the senior bowl played really well. Really physical, rocked up, kind of a throwback style look. He's got the high shoulder pads, no gloves. So that's a guy I yeah. want in January. Just lining up at the third, yeah. at the second level, playing ball for you. Um, so that's a name, Michael Jones uh, from Syracuse is a guy that I've liked throughout this process. Not overwhelmingly smooth in coverage, but kind of has the, the young, fresh legs to attack the A and B gaps, and is a really extre- extremely nuanced blitzer as well. A lot of these younger guys just try to. Blitz downhill north-south and bull rush and see what happens. But a lot of these guys don't have a nuanced approach. He does as well. And then another name that I'm interested to see where he goes really and how that league evaluates him is Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, a guy that can stick his hand in the dirt and stand up for you at five tech outside the tackle or as a nine tech outside the tight end and then play off-ball linebacker and offer some some unique looks and coverage carrying running backs and tight ends in space so he can guy that fit a multitude of roles in one jersey. So that's Nick Herbig
1: from Wisconsin I like a lot as well.
3: Yo, this guy knows his stuff. I know. I got yeah, another I mean, question. Can another one real quick for you guys? Yeah, Stoner's Ryan's the one who needs beat.
1: to be taking notes. Stoner's got a mock draft right after this, and so he better be uh, keeping track of all these names you're throwing out there. Go ahead, Trev.
2: All right, so, Ryan, you're the GM of, of the commanders. Your pick is up at 16, and there is, let's say, uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez is there. Then you got shots Johnson, offensive tackles there. And let's say another stud linebacker is there. Who do we pick at 16, depending on the needs we have, and who's the most important need out of the needs that should be
1: addressed first?
0: Yeah, if Christian Gonzalez from Oregon is there at sixteen, I'm sprinting to the podium. If I'm Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera, American
2: Martin that call, Mayhew would
1: like. be faster than Christian Gonzalez <laughs> right. in that particular right. instance. So, quarterback,
2: it should be our first pick. Like, even if our tackles there that we
0: like, our, cor- our
2: quarterback sorry. should be our first. Pick. Yeah,
0: yeah, guys, I- I'm a little, con- I'm a little interested to see where Washington evaluates the tackle class. Um, because Andrew Wiley, I, I feel like he's going to start at right tackle, and Cosme is going to be the right guard. Um, I know they like Charles Leno. But you turn on that second Giants game, and you watch him against Kayvon Thibodeau, and guys, it was it's ugly. You guys watch yeah. that game. Really yeah. ugly. Um, I know Darnell Wright, he's one of my favorite tackles in the class. People forget he started his career at Tennessee at left tackle before going over to right tackle, so he has that versatility. Um, for me, really, at 16, if Christian's there, 100% the pick. But for me, my focus is on two guys. That's Deontay Banks from Maryland and Darnell Wright from
1: Tennessee, or two guys I do think will be there at 16. What Mm -hmm. about Anton Robinson? I'm rocking my uh, crimson and cream here. here. Uh, Anton Robinson out of Oklahoma. Oh, Anton Harrison. Anton Harrison, sorry, yeah. Yeah,
0: you're good. Yeah, no, look, Oklahoma tackles, right? We we obviously, Trent Williams in the past, big 71, as, as good as he was here, Orlando Brown, Creed Humphrey in the middle for the last few years for Kansas City. Um, he's by no means Trent Williams coming out of school. Yeah. Uh, a little bit unrefined as far as up top, but lower half in his feet. His ability to get out on those hybrid rushers that are 240 pounds and try to run that edge, or guys who want to stick that outside foot in the ground at 260 pounds and win with power, he can he can um, me, just stick those feet in the ground and anchor against them as well. I love his game, but I just think he's going to be a guy that right now I'm not going to plug and play at left tackle. And take him at 47? Project? Sure. But I I think he's an okay player. I want to see him a little bit more as far as fluidity and strength in the run game as well. I think he can get beat with guys with power at times, where he gets a little lazy with his hands, doesn't play with a ton of leverage, get those hands inside the breastplate and really jolt guys back. Um, really fluid athlete. Him and, and Jalen Duncan really from Maryland are two guys that I like as far as athletes in the class. Um, but I think right now I don't see the fit there with Anton Harrison right away.
3: All right. So we've been talking about all these big uglies and these cornerbacks (laughs) and all. Let's get to the sexy guys. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get to this whole Hendon Hooker debate.
2: Oh, I was about to ask one about that. Let's go.
3: Because I'm under the impression personally that if you are putting all your eggs in the Sam Howell basket, then the last thing you want to do is bring in a high profile second round pick like Hendon Hooker, because that's that's saying we don't have all our eggs in the Sam Howell basket. But are you in favor of creating that competition and saying, well, maybe Sam's not the guy. Let's go and get a, a, a backup plan? Yeah.
0: So I, I'm all for competition. I think Ron is too. Mm. I think you guys over the years look at, like, as far as bringing in guys at different positions, snaps are, should be earned, never given. And I love that about Ron Rivera. But not a quarterback right now, and I don't see the fit. Love Hendon. I have really enjoyed getting to know him in this process. Really, really impressive kid. Um, but Sam, is, I like Sam. I really do. Jacoby, mm-hmm. as your QB2, potentially guys that can play 17 or more games for you. We know the QB carousel of Washington has turned for a long time, so hopefully mm-hmm. those guys are the guys with 17 games or more. But Hendon, they, this team has more needs at 16 and 47. Wherever they make those picks there or they move back or trade up, who knows? But Hendon, I wish the best for him somewhere else. I just don't see him coming into Washington right now, and that being a smart pick and an allocation of assets that makes sense because there are holes in this roster. That if you can get it right with rookies that compete and produce right away, you're not just going to compete in the NFC East this year. You may you may compete to win the division and get yourself a playoff spot. But we we got to get back to in Washington. We got to get back to it.
1: In command these wants to move out of the first uh, round, their discussion wants your thoughts on a couple of Browns, uh, Jair Brown and Sidney Brown. You got any thoughts on either of those two?
0: Yeah, I think Sydney Brown is the most cerebral athlete in this class. Um, Mm -hmm. him at the senior bowl, he was coaching up the coaches down at the senior bowl and they only had three practices. Tells you a lot about how he studies his habits. And you look at the guy, he looks like he was carved out of a damn mountain. Uh, it's unbelievable. Canadian <laughs> kid, his brother Chase, obviously Illinois running backs and to go on yeah. two as well. Really like his game, but Washington got a lot of safeties in the room. So that's a little crowded. And then Jair Brown, we know maybe the state college to Ashburn pipeline is going to be fruitful maybe again this year with a guy like Joey Porter, or maybe they even take a guy like Juice Scruggs, who's a center from Nittany Lions that has gotten some attention as well from the commander staff. Um, but Jair Brown's a good, I, I like. I like his game. It's just, he's someone that, unfortunately, reminds me of Tariq Castro-Fields. I know Tariq played corner, mm-hmm. but they do a little bit similar things. Um, <laughs> better downhill, better in, in space, a little bit more better athlete, but stiff in the hips. I just I want to see guys in the secondary play fluid at, at the second level, at the third level, and especially in Washington, guys, where we got Derek Forrest and Cam Curl, and you got Percy Butler that has range sideline to sideline. There's a certain fit and a certain mold that Washington likes in their safeties. I see it in Sidney Brown. I just don't see that in, a, in Jair Brown.
2: So, with our spot at 16 and 47 on day one, day two, round one, round two, is there any scenario you could see where we would possibly move up for some reason or from 16 or move back for some reason at 16? Because last year, we thought we were staying pat and picking the receiver that we thought we'd get. We didn't. We got a, a receiver that we thought was a day two receiver, but... He's a home a home lot home of a
1: lot of people, are, our viewers, end up trying to talk us into moving up. They think yeah, that so, Washington needs kind of that blue chip player. Not you might not sure. get it at sixteen. Yeah. So is there a situation like Trev's saying moving up for from sixteen? Yeah, I think the maybe two guys to trade
0: up for in that spot from sixteen would be two tackles, and I think that'd be for either Broderick Jones or wow. Paris Johnson. Um, for Paris though, I do have major concerns as far as his technicality. He is a guy who turned back on a high school tape and he's just throwing dudes around because he's the strongest, biggest athlete on the field. And he did a lot of that Ohio state as well. There's a lot of room to grow for Paris Johnson. Now projectability is this whole thing, right? Evaluation Mm -hmm. of guys is who they are not in 2023. Who are they going to be in 2026 and 2027? And really you draft him this year. He's going to be protecting Sam Howell's blindside. Under center, and the best way to allow a young quarterback to reach that performance ceiling is allowing him to stand up, not on his back looking up towards the sky, right? So that matters too. But if they trade up, if Bijan Robinson is their guy, guys, and he's still slipping past the 10, 11, 12, and that's their guy, then by all means, go and get him. I'll never be (laughs) upset. Never be upset. You get a like Bijan. If Bijan's there at 16, we take him no matter what we need. If you take a talent like Bijan Robinson at sixteen, I would never, I would not be upset about a talent like Bijan Robinson. Yeah, he's wow. a special, special talent. Oh, what about
3: if Jalen Carter falls all the way to sixteen?
0: Yeah, absolutely take him. One hundred.
3: Yes, even even know, though you got two on- Pro Bowl. T- highly paid defensive tackles already.
2: Hey,
0: I know Jalen yeah. Carter. Look, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and judge a guy's character and the stuff that he's been through. I'm going to judge no. him as a football player yeah. and uh, he's a flat out stud. And you just guys are just mentioned with Bijan and Jalen. That's the number two and three guys on my board. They're flat out studs. And they're going to be for a long time. So yeah, guys like right. that drop that far. There's other stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't see either of them slipping out of the top 12, 13 picks. I really don't. Um, but again, specifically the Bijan, you're not gonna not potentially draft a guy like that if he is your guy because you have a Brian Robinson in the building or Antonio Gibson to where from what I've heard he's gonna play some H back and some tight end this year because people forget he played wide receiver at Memphis. So tight? hold on, hold on. Hold on. Did you say, like say tight end. He's gonna play it? some he's gonna play a lot in space this year. Yes, expect that. Wow.
2: Yep.
3: All, right. Hey. All right, I like it. Let me ask you this, uh, Ryan, kind of getting a a little bit away from the draft, but still Washington-related. If it was up to you, are you picking up Chase Young's fifth-year option?
0: That's
3: a tough one, right? We've debated that a billion times. Because you did mention
0: Edge would be a part of a draft pick. Yes. You always want Edge. Um, Right now, I I will say no. Um, And it is unfortunate because I've been wanting to see Chase and Montez reach this performance ceiling together as a duo – For a long time, and we haven't seen it. We saw Chase in 2020. Montez was fantastic last fall, Um, but together we just haven't seen it yet. Now, if he goes out here this year fully healthy and dominates the way we think he can, the way the expectations were as a top three pick, then and then you pick it up. But the thing is, is that you may not have that option, and I just it's it scares me, guys, because this is a top three pick, and you're expecting him to be a dominant force, uh, a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. That's what you're expecting him to be but he hasn't been that so far. I hope he's healthy. He's a leader. Absolutely face the franchise. I wish the best for him. But as of right now, on April nineteenth, 2023, I'm not picking it up. So-
1: staying staying on the draft-adjacent kind of conversation right now is uh, it's the Sam Howell one. A lot of people like to bring up the fact that even though he was a fifth-round pick, people evaluated him as a first- or second-round pick the year prior yeah. What are we getting into with Sam Howell at quarterback from your reviews from uh, mm-hmm. from his time in North Carolina?
0: Yeah, absolutely. He was a day two guy for me as well. And I think when you watch Sam Howell in college, right, he ran that offensive RPO game that Phil Longo ran as the offensive coordinator in North Carolina. You look at what Eric Bieniemy likes to do with RPOs. I think it's going to jigsaw extremely well. And what I love about Sam is He's not a half-field reader, and some of these quarterbacks that come into the league are half-field guys. Hendon Hooker was a half-field guy at Tennessee, but I think he's going to progress in the NFL. And do you look at Sam's mechanics, and even when he drops back, he keeps that left hip open, which gives him full access to the entire field. He's not closed off with that left shoulder and only seeing the right side of the screen. So if you go back and watch Sam and his mechanics, even at North Carolina and this year – his left tip is open and full access to the entire field to stick that back foot in the ground and rip every single throw. And if it's not there, he can create with his legs. In 2020, in 2020, excuse me, for Pitt, we didn't see it a ton because they had Daz Newsome and they had Michael Carter and Javante yeah. Williams and De'Ami Brown. Then you go into 2021 and he didn't have a great offensive line and he had Josh Downs on the outside. But other than that, the guys weren't there. He involved yeah. his legs. He consistently improved under center. And now you're moving into this year where he's going to have most likely – the full reins of the offense with an offensive structure with under under Eric B Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. You guys know all the names. I'm extremely excited for the kid. I think he's going to bust his tail in the summer to get as better as, as good as possible. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And again, he's on a rookie contract, so he's not breaking any banks. There you go. Where do we get our tight end from to help our tight end room in this draft? What round, what day, where? Not going to be surprised if it's at 16, guys. And I'm not going to be surprised if they pass on a guy 16 to take a guy like Sam Laporta from Iowa at 47. This is a this is a tight end class that has a lot of talent. Guys that can play the Y, so attached the line of scrimmage, you play the F, flex out in slot, flex out in space, do a lot of different things for you. We know how important tight ends are in Eric Bienemis offense. It's not just Travis Kelsey, it's Jody Forson, it's Blake Bell, it's it's Noah Gray, it's guy like Michael Burton that started his career in Washington as an H back guys that create offensive mismatch and nightmares for defenses to counter. You got to get a guy that may move the needle at the spot. So Mm -hmm. Don Kincaid, obviously at 16, you got all the names, Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave. Those are the the big time flex options. Um, So tight end, they have to get a guy in the building that will not just be a sure set of hands over the middle of the field for Sam Howell, but also be Mm -hmm. that that dynamic yak and rack weapon over, over the middle portions of the offense as well.
3: What's Gandy Golden or uh, Kelvin Harmon doing nowadays, right? We still can convert those guys to tied in, right? We yeah, tried that. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh,
1: so you brought up the, the HBCU connection with your, your particular baseball college career there. Uh, any HBCU names that we should be tracking and pretty excited if we hear their name called for the Burgundy and Gold? Yeah, I got a couple. One guy I love
0: on day three is Aubrey Miller Jr. We saw down at the Senior Bowl from Jackson mm. State. Um, everybody was calling him Unk down in Mobile. And this is a guy that, look, he's not going to be someone you want to start on all three downs and be a coverage linebacker for you. Um, has size concerns in the NFL, but he is someone that plays downhill, A and B gaps, and will blow your chin strap off and look over you and let you know about it. Let's and those, those are the linebackers that I love to play mm. in, in this league because it's really kind of throwback style. Um, Another guy is Isaiah Land from FAMU, Florida A&M. He's been playing some off-ball linebacker, excuse me, where the league evaluates him now. because He's only 230, 235. He actually led the FCS, I believe, in sacks in 2021, 19 and a half for the Rattlers. So he's got that bend and burst off the edge. And then another guy is a receiver, Jadakus Bonds, from Hampton and Shaq Davis from South Carolina state. He was out at Shrine bowl six, five really athletic Jada kiss as well was dominant for Hampton. Just really big boys, big bodies coming on day three or UDFAs and get a mini camp invite. And all you need is an opportunity fellas. So that's a couple names from the HBCU
3: roots. I'll take anybody named Jada kiss.
2: <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> I mean, I'll just take that guy. If that guy's playing football, I'm taking him. Uh, yeah. But I tell you what, after all of this, I've got a, uh, uh, a mock draft coming up here at eight 30. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I knew what I was going to do. Now I'm just, I'm just everywhere. <laughs> because now I want to take a tight end. I want to take a corner. I want yeah, to move up and go get uh, uh Paris Johnson or something. I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause man, you got some really good information, Ryan. I uh, uh, like what you're doing and appreciate all your time here for sure.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much, guys. Look, sixteen—the whole draft's really going to be fun. I'm not—I'm not exactly sure where Washington's going to go at sixteen or forty-seven or on moving into day three, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And I appreciate you
1: guys. Yeah, we appreciate you perfect. jumping on here with us, perfect. Ryan. Uh, this is Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Where can uh, our viewers find you and uh, all the good information that you've been, you know, spewing out here today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All my written work, more video and audio content is at thedraftnetwork.com. I have my podcast, Commanding the Huddle is out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And then um, if you don't follow me already on Twitter, of course, uh, underscore Ryan Fowler.
1: All right. Again, we appreciate you, Ryan. Let's get one more round of applause from the one that's a little bit more audio appropriate. Stoners was a little loud there. Uh, But thanks again, Ryan. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have
2: a good one. He sounds like a little mini Adam Schefter, his voice, his mannerisms and everything.
3: (laughs) What what do you think? He's like 25 maybe? Bro, how? How oh. is that? that's a lot
2: of info. You gotta like
3: He, he, was, d- he, d- go for
2: read. he was like, Oh yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Brown, yeah, he's a. yeah, and
3: I'm thinking I never even heard of that dude. Right, i never even heard of these people.
1: Yeah, no, we didn't sneak in a Richardson on there, which uh I'm surprised Stoner didn't, as far as the uh He's
3: gone, yeah. He'll probably
1: be gone,
2: guys. I'm telling you. So,
1: well, we do have a mock draft coming up to use all that knowledge. And we got the man himself, Rio Robinson in the house. So stick with us for that as we have another mock draft here in the cool down.